hope you've come to come bless the Lord. You know, I, I, sometimes we come and we sort of think we just have to sit here, but I hope that that's our attitude this morning, is we want to bless Him through our spirit, our attitude today. And uh, certainly as we think about this season, it's, um, it's apt for us to focus on Him more. And uh, let's turn our Bibles again to Matthew chapter 2. And uh, we're going to do a little quiz this morning to begin with. All right, true or false? True or false? There were three wise men. False? How do you know? All right, true or false? True or false? The wise men came to visit Jesus at his birth. False. Oh, you followed along in the Bible reading this morning. Good. All right, true or false? Last one. The wise men were led by the star from their home in the east to where Jesus was. True and false, maybe. We'll see. But we read here uh, this, this morning in Matthew chapter 2, the account of the wise men. And uh, there's a lot, to, a lot of conjecture as far as who those wise men were, how many of them were, and so forth. But uh, some historians say that, that these were the Magi, who were the... The, were from the Medes of the Medo-Persian Empire, and they had uh, this great rebellion against the Persians and were quashed, they were lost, they were taken in. And as a result, they became the Persians' counselors or astronomers. They, they were wise men who studied the heavenly bodies very closely, so they were interested in, in uh, the stars and so forth. And, and there was a widespread belief among them that there was going to be born a very special king. And there was going to be a specific star which, when they saw it, would know of the king's advent. And, of course, we don't know if that's, uh, that's true or not. The Bible isn't clear on that. But I like to think that they came to this belief because one of their wise men from long ago perhaps foretold of the Messiah's coming. And uh, his name would be Daniel. And he knew, of course, of the Savior's coming. He knew of his death and the 70-week prophecy and so forth and Perhaps from generation to generation, these were the things were passed down, and the wise men probably, as they traveled about 700 kilometers by foot and by animal, um, sought for the star. And what we read here this morning is just some actual things that have happened uh, regarding the wise men. I want to give you some thoughts on that, because to begin with, they saw the star. And what we see here in, in uh, chapter 2, verse 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. So we know these, these men came. Why? Because they saw the star. Notice in verse 2, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. And uh, I want you to note there the word that is, that is uh, needful for us to, to emphasize, have meaning it was past tense, meaning it's a completed action. And the fact that they arrived in Jerusalem and not Bethlehem, probably guessing that it was in that, the capital that this king would be born, also indicates that they no longer had, probably had the star to guide them. So at first they saw the star in the east and they recognized it, they knew, they understood. And so they started traveling towards the, where the star they thought would have been, but at some point in the journey, the star faded. The star disappeared. And we know that because, uh, go down to verse 7, because when, even when they arrived in Jerusalem, they started asking about this king. 
And verse 7, notice what Herod even says. He says, Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, wise men inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And evidently, it wasn't there anymore because Herod was asking about it. Herod was saying, well, when did you see this? Where did you see this? And, and he, he in himself was inquiring. And at this point, they were with the scribes. And, and so even Herod was mystified about the star's appearance, whether it was there or not. And what we see here, and the point I'm trying to make is at the beginning of their journey, the star shone. At some point, this got their attention, and at the end of their journey, the star shone, but somewhere in the middle, the star went out. The star was gone. That, that, that thing that got them on their journey, that thing that got them to where they were at, it was now gone. And we ought to forget the carol, we three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We traverse a far field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star, because they followed to a point. They followed until that star was removed. And the scripture says that they had seen the star in the east, but sometime in the middle of their travels, the star stopped. The, the star stopped shining and the star faded away. In the beginning, all hope and all of that, that excitement perhaps of seeing the star was present, but in, as they traveled along in their journey toward this star, at some point the star disappeared. At some point, the star faded. And yet what we find about the, these wise men was they still got to where they needed to get. They still got to the Savior. They still got to the place. And, you know, at times, God allows us to see some things or to be, to be, um, uh, to be uh, motivated and maybe even perhaps started out on our journey. And what we find over the course of our time, if you've journeyed a little while in your Christian life, is some of those things that were at the beginning at times can fade away. Some things that got us on our journey, so, some things that got us uh, up and, and going for the Lord and up and going in our journey for Christ, some of those things fade away over time. And, and, and I wonder what we would do then. And what we find here is, is really there's, there's a, uh, it's, it's really what life is about at times. You know, at times God will use certain events certain circumstances, and, and even certain people that will be like that star that gets us off our feet to get us going on our journey for Christ. And, and, and at times, God will allow those things to fade away in our lives. At times, God will allow those things to sort of come to the background and even to some point disappear. And, and yet, we still have a journey to take. And you know, there's other examples of that. We see jo Joseph... Joseph at some point got, uh, got, uh, got knowledge from the Lord through a dream about his future. But I wonder if Joseph was thinking about those certain dreams when he was going through the prison house, when he was sold for, uh, for, for, some, uh, for some silver to be a slave in Egypt. And I wonder if Joseph was thinking about that. At some point, those dreams disappeared. At some point, those dreams were no longer the dreams that he was dreaming. He was just hoping to survive another day. We see Moses who was foretold that he would be the deliverer in the backside of the wilderness and suddenly the, that, that, uh, that, uh, that, that burning bush experience happens and yet it, we don't find that happening again through the plagues until they were out, over, um, out of Egypt and into the journey in the wilderness. And, and we see that at times God will allow something to happen that will be a catalyst for our journey 
allow some, uh, some, uh, some events perhaps or something uh, along, uh, along the lines of getting us off our feet and get us going for the Lord. But you know, sometimes God will also allow those things to fade away. What do we do then? How do we view that? What we see as we learn from the wise men this morning is that they had seen the star, but what, what was good was they kept going and they got to the end. And you see, God is the one that, that is, is, ought to be the completer of our journey. In Philippians 1.6, he says this, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, all of us here, we're on a journey for the Lord. All of us here, we ought not to have this mindset that we've arrived. Even the Apostle Paul said he had not apprehended. And he said, going forth, those things that, that are, are behind, he forgets and he goes forth to those things that are before. And I hope that we've got a mindset here this morning that we're still on a journey, church. That maybe there's some things in your life that, that were there, that were, were a comfort, were something that we rejoiced over. But I hope that we've got a mindset that we've still got a task to complete that there's still a journey to take, and that even though those things that were maybe at the beginning has now faded, maybe you would recognize this morning that it wasn't about the star in the first place. It was about the journey that we're supposed to take. And I want to I give you a couple of thoughts regarding that. And firstly, I want you to see that what God uses to get you going, that isn't the point of the journey. What gets you going on the journey isn't the point of the journey. You know, the star wasn't the point. The star appearing was what got the wise men going on their journey, but it wasn't the point of the journey. The, the, the point of the journey, if I can remind you this morning, is the Savior. The Savior is the point of the journey. And, and, and you know, many of us here, perhaps you've been saved a little while, perhaps recently, but, but there was someone, perhaps, that, or, or some, a group of people or an event that happened in your life that got you going. But what got you going isn't the point. What got you going got, just got you on the journey, but the journey is to the Savior. See, at the beginning, they had the start to initiate their wonder for the Savior. At the beginning, we see that they had seen his star in the east. They had seen something that, uh, that, that got their attention to get them going. And perhaps for you, it was someone that knocked on your door and, and gave you the gospel. Perhaps it was right here in this hall and it was someone here that opened the word of God with you and got you going on your journey. Perhaps it was a group of people that just loved on you and cared for you. And yet when you look around, maybe they're not even here anymore. Maybe they're not even around. Maybe you look around and you see that at the beginning God had used the star to get you going, to initiate you on your journey. And suddenly that's no longer there. And you know, sometimes God allows people, God allows moments like these to revive, to awaken, or prod us to go to another stage on our journey. And yet what we see was the wise men they were seeking. You know, I think about my own, uh, my own journey up to this point in my life, how God had used several different people in my life that, that were influential, that helped me. You know, I, as a 12-year-old uh, over in Sydney, our church got going, and uh, there was a particular man who became our pastor who was part of my life in, in, as a young person, and he, he just invested in me, and he sat with me, he taught me the Word of God, and there were many times where I would ask him questions, and he would often sit with me and open the Word of God, and, and there's many times that, that he just took the time with
with me. And you know what? In my life, he was a star. He got me going. He gave me a, a hunger for the Word of God. He, he gave me a, a, a heart for souls because he was one that had, had a heart for souls. He was someone who was consistent in his life and his walk with God. And he was my pastor. You know, at some point, though, God called him away. And, and I remember the day that he made that announcement. I was upset. I, I, it was a Wednesday night. I cried all night. I was broken. And, you know, at, at some point there, there was a thought in my, my head, well, if he's gone, what am I going to do? And maybe at some point in the, uh, in the journey that the, the, these wise men were thinking, they were thinking, well, what are we going to do? The star's gone. And, and what, what I found even in my life, again, uh, be, before that being introduced to the church there, we were sort of going here and there. We weren't really faithful anywhere as a family. And uh, God just had it that we moved into a house and two doors down was the primary school that we were going to. And we heard about uh, this Bible study that was happening there. Someone uh, just on the street met my mom and dad and they said, hey, we've got a Bible study here. It's an independent Baptist fellowship. And that, you don't always hear that, right? And so we thought, well, sounds, sounds okay, let's go. And we went on a Saturday and we began to fellowship there. And there was a particular family. I was a I was a really, and I've, I think I've told you, church, I was a really shy little boy. I, I couldn't imagine myself in this situation. I couldn't imagine myself doing this at that stage of my life. And I, I just, I was just so shy. But this family, they just loved on me. They, this family, they just would encourage me. Every time I'm there, they went to say hello, and they, they took me places. They, they found out I like to play basketball just like they did. So they took me, and we went to some games. We played some games, and they had me over at their house, and they just encouraged me. And these guys, they were faithful. They would serve. They would come and set up early, and they would come along and just be part of the church. And, you know, as the time went on, we started, the, the church got organized and became Southland Baptist Church, Bethany Baptist Church back then. You know, I can't, I can't help but think that all of those years, they were just a, a guide to me. They were a motivator. I wouldn't have come to church if it wasn't for them, to be honest. And there were times again and again where they were there for me. And you know, a couple of years later, they left the church. They just sort of left and they sort of said, well... This isn't for us, and they left. And it was a heartbreak. You, 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 you ask my parents, you ask my sisters, there was a real heartbreak for us that we were like family with them, and, and there were times where we just would come on Sundays, and we just were like, where are they? And there's times like that, and God moved them along. And, and, and you know, there's a, another character in the Bible, Joash, was a young fella, he became king. And, and there was a person in his life, a high priest named Jehoiada. And Jehoiada looked after him. Jehoiada was there to ensure that he lived. And, and right, through, right through his early reign, Jehoiada was there. But then when Jehoiada died, something changed in Joash. Joash no longer was. He, he no longer just made obeisance, the Bible says, with those that we're worshiping the Lord, and suddenly Jehoiada's removal caused Joash to become unfaithful. And maybe for you, it's a person that God used in your life. 
Maybe it's a friend, someone that you were close to, someone that you uh, fellowshiped with, someone that you thought would never, ever leave, and then suddenly God's removed them out of the picture. Maybe it's a circumstance. Maybe it was a, uh, perhaps maybe for you, it's a, it, it was a, 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 a conference here. It was something that God had used in your life and you wish every day was conference. You wish every day was youth camp. You wish every day was like that. And what you find is over time that fades. Over time, that goes away. Maybe for some of you, it's a Sunday. Sunday is your star. Sunday you get motivated. Sunday you get inspired. Sunday you're amongst God's people. And Sunday is your star. But you know what? Sunday is just one day a week. And you're going around and each day, and and there's some Christians who just live from Sunday to Sunday. You know what? They're looking for the star. But listen, the thing that gets you going on the journey is not the point of the journey. That's not the point. See, God has a way of using people or circumstances to start us on a journey. Look at Matthew chapter 5. In fact, that should be us. Look at Matthew chapter 5. You know what the Bible says? That we are to be light. In verse 13, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. And notice this, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that there in the house. And he says this, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. That's a great verse, and it's a challenge for us, isn't it? We're supposed to be light. We're supposed to help those get initiated in their journey for Christ. That's called being a soul winner. That's called being a witness. That's called being a testimony for the Lord. And I hope that's our plan. That's our hope. I hope that somehow we can have in our mindset, in our heart, that we would be such a testimony for Christ that when we, we speak to someone, there's a difference in our lives. And that would get them going on a journey. I hope that's a hope for you. But listen, you're not the point. Because God can use that. But then he says in John 8, who's the light? John 8, verse 12. He says here, ye are, he says, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Listen, we might be the little lights, but he is the light. And our light is meant to point to the Savior. We're meant to be a testimony for him. And, you know, there are things that God uses to get you started. Perhaps in salvation, perhaps in service, perhaps in just faithfulness, perhaps in just those areas that you're now on a journey on. But those things are not the point. The point is we're meant to be pointing to and pointed to the Lord Jesus. The star was to be a witness of the Savior. You know, there's another man that was called that way. Look at John chapter 5. Look at John chapter 5. And notice what... Jesus had to say about this man, look at John 5, look at verse 32, and here Jesus is speaking about John the Baptist. He says in verse 32, there is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. He sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth, 
But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that you might be saved. Verse 35, he was a burning and shining light. And you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. You know, when, when the wise men saw the star from the east, they rejoiced. When, when the people saw John the Baptist, and remember, he had a following too. He was to be the forerunner of Jesus. And yet what, we, they found with, what he found with John, he bare witness of him, but he was a light also. And for a season he rejoiced. And listen, I'm not diminishing the, the person or the event or the circumstance in your life. You ought to rejoice to God about that. You ought to rejoice in how God has used them in your life. But they're not the point of the journey. The point of the journey is they were to be a witness to the greater light. They were supposed to point us to the Lord Jesus. And perhaps maybe you, this, this morning, it might be your parents. Some of you, you, you had stellar parents who just were, were, were just consistent. And that would be my testimony in my life. You know, my parents were a great deal to me. They, 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 they served, they labored, they just were genuine about their faith, and I'm glad for that. And I'll tell you now, I wouldn't be in the ministry without them. But listen, that didn't stop when I moved out. Because they did a well enough job to show me that they weren't the point. The point was they were pointing me to the Lord. They were helping me see that there was a Savior to seek. And John himself here, John the Baptist, he was a burning and shining light. He was one used of God. In fact, the Bible says Jesus himself said that he is the greatest born among women. He was a light. But listen, John wasn't the point. He was meant to point others to Jesus. And listen, the journey that you're taking now, thank God for the fact that someone got you started or something or some place or some time got you started. But listen, the beginning of your journey isn't the point of your journey. The point of your journey is Jesus himself. You see, the, the Savior here, don't notice again in Matthew chapter 2. Notice their, their mindset in verse 2. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. You know, if, if someone comes into your life and they, they may have helped you. You know, they're not the Savior. Jesus is still the Savior. Right? He is Lord. Not the event. In fact, not even the church is the Lord. No, Jesus is the Lord. Right? It's His star. It's His using. It, it, he's the one that, that allowed that into your life. He's the one that caused that to happen so that you can get on your journey. It was His star that they saw. And so the beginning of the journey, the thing that begun your journey isn't the point of the journey. Notice then secondly, secondly, notice that the circumstances changed. So they go on, when Herod the king had heard these things in verse 3, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Well, he would, he, he was the king at that time. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. So we see Herod here, he was guarding his own, uh, his own position, and so he seeks even the priests and the scribes, who were they? They were the ones in charge of the Word of God. They were the ones who were learned in the Word of God. And so they gave him some clarity. They said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, so here in the company of the wise men, in company of Herod the king, and they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, and thus it is written by the prophet, and thou Bethlehem, 
In the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So they get some clarification from the word of God. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them all diligently what time the Tsar appeared. And so they go forth, and now they're going to go. They, they, they get some clarity. And here's the point I want to make. You know, um, circumstances can change. That's just the nature of life. You know, I was sitting with uh, some of our uh, older saints this week. I uh, got, had the privilege on Wednesday, uh, Andrew and I went and uh, went and sat with um, Lou and Heather Byers. I hadn't met Heather before. She's obviously un unable to come now. She's at home. But I was just talking to Lou, and he was just talking about how life just, it's just, uh, it's not a straight path, is it? There's ups and downs, and there's turns that we don't see and all of that. And just from his experience as an older man, he was just saying, you know, life just does that. And circumstances, what he was saying, changes. You know, that's life. Life allows for that. And God allows for that. But here's, here's what we know. But his word, though, is given for us for clarity and for, for clarification and to solidify what we believe. You see, the star midway, that circumstance, it changed. It disappeared. So you know what the wise men had to do? They had to rely on what they knew from the Word of God. And so what they did, they knew enough that they, he was a king. They knew enough that he was the king of the Jews. So I guess they just thought, well, maybe in the capital. But right there, they inquired more and they heard from the, the, the priests and the scribes. And although the wise men knew what the, the, the star signified, they weren't perfect in their understanding of prophecy. But you know what? what is perfect in, in its understanding of prophecy is the Word of God. They went and they, they were redirected and the star may have disappeared, but God's Word had not diminished. You know, the, the things that get you started, maybe camps, conferences, maybe sermons that God used in your lives, maybe significant times where God impacted your life that got you going. You know, if you really dig down, it wasn't really just that person. It was because they ministered the Word of God to you. It's because the Word of God is true. And it's not the moment itself. It's not the preacher himself. No, it's the Word of God. You know, even the Apostle Peter, he said in 2 Peter 1.19, says this, We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. You know what the context of that is? He was reflecting on the Mount of Transfiguration. He was reflecting on the time where he saw Jesus with Moses and Elijah. And remember Peter, he said, can I, can I build you some tents? <laughs> and he saw Jesus transfigured. He saw all of that. And you know what? He's saying, we have a more sure word than what I saw. Than the circumstance of that in my life. I saw more, I have more sure word in what is given us in, in, uh, in prophecy in his word. And here's what I'm saying to you this morning. I want to assure you that you still have a light. You have the light of, uh, you have to go after the light. But you know, the Bible says about it itself, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
You know what you're going to need when, when the star disappears? You know what you're going to need when circumstances change? You know what you're going to need? You're not going to need another star. You're going to need the light. You're going to need God's Word. You're going to need some clarification from the Word of God. You know, it ought to be that, that while we're, we're, we're seeking uh, where to next and how to get there, listen, we ought to be in the Word of God, not to be uh, a neglect in your life. And, and, you know, too many times those who don't see the Savior anymore, those who don't see light anymore, it's because they're not going to the source of light. They're not opening the Word of God. They're looking at the circumstances. They're looking at the disappointments. They're looking at the circumstances. How could this be? Listen, the Word of God is right there. Get in the Word of God. Meditate upon it. Make sure it's the, the thing that you look to for your light. You know, too many people live week to week, sermon to sermon. And they haven't relied upon God's Word in between. And we're meant to open the word daily. Too many people wait for the special moving of God like that impotent man. But the reality is we've, got to, we've just got to wait upon God daily in his word. You know, too many become confused over changing circumstances, people leaving, disappointing them, circumstances and the buzz of special moments quickly disappearing. But don't go to God's Word, to clarify and solidify what, what is happening in their lives. You know, I, I know so many, and, and we've been talking a lot, if you've spoken to me, I've probably spoken about missions and missions trips. I, I love them, I've been to many. But you know what I find about a lot of those who come back from a short-term missions trip? I call it this, the missions trip blues. They get all, they come back and suddenly, oh, remember then, and remember then, and and then they see, oh, people aren't as open here. Oh, it's hard here. And listen, uh, often I have to remind myself and remind them, no, listen, we went because we had the Word of God. We went because we have a Savior to seek. We went because we want others to, to know about the Savior. And listen, the circumstances might be different, but the mission is still the same. And we've got to get, that, that thing is meant to get us going again, to get us on a journey again, to get us taking another step, to get us taking another step closer to who we want, we ought to be in Christ. That thing is meant to get us going, motivated, inspired, just like the star. But listen, the star isn't the point. And we still have a light. We have the light of God's Word. And what we see is, not only do we see that what gets you going on your journey isn't the point. That those circumstances change, God has given us a light in His Word to get us going and keeping on going. But then also we see God's provisions. We see God's provisions are both ahead and in hand. You know, I said earlier, I said earlier that the star was not the goal. The star wasn't the goal. The Savior is the goal. But this, the provision of the star... It was both initiated by God, but it was also a director. You know, what we have here this morning is God has, has, has provided something for us. Okay, He's provided His Word. He's provided us a light. It's God's provision. Don't take that for granted. You know why the Dark Ages was called the Dark Ages? Because the Word of God wasn't readily available. <laughs> there was no light. There was, there was all of that, and people were, were, were clamoring in the darkness because the truth of the, the Word of God wasn't readily available to common man. 
And you know what we have in our time is God has given us some things to take us on our journey. Okay, God's given us His Word. God has given us those things in our hand. And all of that not only is meant to initiate us on a journey, it's meant to direct us on a journey. You know, I, I often, uh, I've, I've, I've heard this once or twice, and we, we covered this during our young adult uh, retreat recently. You know, God's will isn't just a destiny. God's will is a direction. It's a direction we take. It's, it's about heading the right way. And, and listen, God provides for us both ahead and in hand. And, you know, the wise men weren't after the star. They were after the Savior whose star they saw. And yet what we see, it was still God witnessing to them of the direction they were supposed to take. It was still God's star. It was still God's making. You know, no, no one could have thrown up a light in there. We, we see that th this was God's doing. And, and I want to remind you that the circumstances that you had, the, the, those that God used in your life, that was God's doing in your life. That was God's provision in your life. So rejoice. Rejoice in that. Thank God for how He has given you provision, you know, ahead of you to show you, to guide you. But don't forget about the provision in hand. You see, all of it is by God. In verses 8 and 9, he had seen, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently. He had his own motives. Verse 9, and when they heard the king, they departed and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them. You know, God allowed it to come again. It was still his doing. Till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. You know, they rejoiced in the star because it had guided them. They had rejoiced because it was actually the pointer to the Savior, but it was God's provision. In Isaiah 43, 7, everyone that is called by name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. You know, the creation of man points to a creator. The, the creation of those that are in our lives, of people, they're, they're meant for God's glory. What glory is, it's just a spotlighting. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's pointing out. And we're meant to point and shed our light to the great light. They, they were given. The creation of man points to a creator. In Isaiah 45, 8, drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, let them bring forth salvation. And let righteousness um, spring up together. I, the Lord, have created them. You know, all of creation. The Bible says heaven, the heavens declare the glory of God. All of creation speaks of the majesty of God. And, and I'm saying it all points to Him. And so those circumstances in your life, the, 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 the provision from a, from a larger sense, it's all to show us God. It's all to point us to Him. It's all to show us. It's not about... It's not about the how, how that is. You know, too often we rejoice in what is created more than who is the creator. And the, the macro provision of God, the creator of all things, provide us, provides for us in ways we hardly even can think about. You know, the creation we live in is enough to see all of His glory. The circumstances He allows in our lives is enough to see that He's sovereign. The characters in our lives that help us are stars that God uses to get us going. But I'm saying it's all God's provision. All of it. 
And, and all of God's provision, it's meant to get us going a certain direction. It's meant to point to Him. We're meant to look at all of that and go, give God praise. See, the wise men saw the provision of God to lead them through to the Savior, and they, they, they wandered about, but they got to their end of their quest. See, God's provision is often paired with a purpose to fulfill. And then what we see is the, the, really the micro-provision of God, because we see all of that, but also this, there's a part of it where you have to look at what God's given you in hand. And you know, these men, they, were, they traveled a long way. We mentioned it, about 700 kilometers. For those of you who are into marathons, 700. What do you think, Danny? 700 kilometers. You know, God had to give them something in hand. But you know what they were determined to do? They were determined to bring whatever they had in hand to the Savior. Because they understood the great provision of God wasn't just those things that got them on the journey but it was those things that were part of the journey. You know, you, you, all of you, you, all of us, we all have something in hand. And whatever our treasures are, those treasures belong to the Lord. Those treasures are meant to be presented to Him. Look at verses 10 and 11. So they saw the star, and when they were come, verse 11, into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. Now, those are significant things. We won't take the time to study. You study yourself. All those speak of all of the officers of the Lord Jesus. They, they understood who he was, but here's what it, they did. They, they presented their treasures to him. You know, part of our journey is God's given us something in hand to use for him to give to him. You know, this year, we, it's already been mentioned, all the, the gifts. But I wonder what, what gift you have for the Savior. I wonder what gift you have as you, you continue to seek Him. I wonder if you're, you, you recognize God's, what God's given you in hand. God's given you talents. God, God's given you treasures. God's given you time. God's given you all of these, and these are all in hand. And this response of faith that the wise men had, it caused them to worship and it caused them to present their treasures. You see, the, the, the key to the wise men was this. They, they understood that God's provision led them, but God's provision was to be presented to him. And listen, this, this, this Christmas season, it ought to be a time of reflecting, what can we give to the Lord? And there's another year to come. And, and, you know, the, the Christian life isn't about sitting in a pew. The Christian life is about presenting your treasures to the Lord. It's about recognizing the provision He's put in your hand. Listen, all of the circumstances in your life that has brought you to this, he, He's given that to you. But, you know, to say the least, He's given us His Word. Right, we know that, that the prophecy here really was in Numbers chapter 24. Did you know that? Numbers 24. And verse 17, I shall see him now, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheph. See, the, the wise men knew the word enough to know. And maybe the, wise, uh, the, the, 
these today, there's many of you who've, who's gotten the Word of God. You've had the Word of God for a long time. What are you doing? You know, that's God's provision. It's in your hand. Some of you, you have multiple copies of it. You'll bring your Bible, your, your church one. Uh, sadly, some of you have your car one that never gets opened. So, some will have their home one, their family one. Many of you, you will have it as an app on your phone. It's so available to us. It's in your hand. What are you doing with it? You know what they did with it? it they allowed it to direct them. But you know also their substance. Uh, we mentioned it already. They had a stewardship over these treasures. You know, they journeyed for a long time. They had to all, all, so that they can open their hands over to the Lord. And when they had opened their treasures, you know, this was, again, God's provision to them. Part of their journey was to ensure that they had what they had and that, that they could give it to the Lord. And, and really, their journey wasn't complete until they get, had given what was in hand to the Savior. You know, their faith enabled them to give themselves to the Lord and rejoice in that. Why? Because in the end, it was God-given anyway. Listen, all that you have, God gave. And what's in your hand? God pointed you to Him. God placed people and events and things in your life as a witness of Him. So I want to ask you, what can you offer Him? You know, uh, the whole point of man, Revelation 4, 11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. You know what your purpose is? To glorify God. To give to Him glory and honor and power. You know, the cost of the treasures, the cost of their time, the cost of themselves, they just estimated it worthy for all that they, they went through so that they can worship Christ properly. You know, the, the, our journey, listen, our journey isn't complete if we haven't given our treasures. What do you have in hand? You know, God's provision was to point them and direct them, but God's provision is meant to be presented to them. And, and how's your journey thus far? You know, perhaps there's been a star that God used to get you started on the journey. I don't know where it is. That perhaps the star is gone. And I want to ask you, will you keep going? Because that's not the point. The point is you're to, to seek and to please the Savior more than you seek in the comfort of the star. Hey, you can rejoice in that. I want to tell you, seek the Savior, though. Be thankful for all that He's given. I'm, I'm thankful for all those in the past, but remember your purpose. Make much of what God has done, but make most of the God whom all those blessings flow. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we just come before you, and Lord, again, thankful for who you are. Thankful, dear God, for all that, Lord, you've caused in our lives. Father, we, we owe much to you. We owe, owe it all to you. And yet, Father, too many times we can, and I know in my own life, can uh, get a little, Lord, diverted. Lord, perhaps through the changing of circumstances, perhaps even the removal of things and people that we've rejoiced in. And Father, we just know, dear God, that all in all, uh, you use all of these provisions in our lives to point us to you. So help us, Lord, perhaps to get back to seeking you today. 
Lord, I pray that you, you would just help us, Lord, to understand where we're at and would perhaps work in our hearts today to just show us where we need to be. I pray that you'd help us to make that a priority, Lord, not to, to just find comfort in the start, but, Lord, to have a, a, great, a great, Lord, just commitment to the Savior. So I pray that you'd help us this morning. As the piano begins to play, we're going to have our time now in just a little while to just perhaps reflect on, on what the Word of God has spoken about today. And how all of us here, we, we're facing different circumstances. And, and perhaps it's just a time to just make a commitment to seek the Savior again, to make Him the priority this season, to, to get your, our eyes on our Lord Jesus. And if that's you this morning, I want to I ask you to come to the altar. I want you to perhaps come together as a family to say, oh, Lord, I wanna, we want to seek you. We want to have you, Lord, as the, at the forefront of our, of our minds. And we're thankful for all that you've done to, be, to guide us, to get us to where we need to be. But, Lord, we want to seek you. We want you to get all the, our attention, dear Lord. Maybe you're here, you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. We just come and just um, perhaps show you from the Word of God. You can know. You know, the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. And and you'll face God as either your your savior or your judge. And I wanna I wanna tell you that the Bible says that today is a day of salvation. You can know that you can have eternal life. And if you're listening online, I'd love to show you. Reach out through our website. Reach out and just we'll love to show you from the Word of God how you can be saved. As the piano plays, as the Lord leads you, why don't we do business with the Lord today?